and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Loving our new title sponsor, Big O Tires. Winter tires starting at only $49.95, only at Big O Tires. No credit needed financing available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now, former Cougar linebacker and our good friend Jordan Pendleton. Jordan, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, guys? How you doing? We're great, man. This is this is BYU's biggest game of the year. It's it's game week. Utah's also getting started this week. It, it finally almost feels a little bit normal on the college football front. Yeah, no, it, it's it's good to have Utah back and playing and have the back tw- uh, Pac-12 back and playing. And this week, it almost feels like it's the Super Bowl for BYU. We finally get to go against the, you know, a, even though they've only played two games, they're ranked top 25. So I think, you know, everything is on the line this year or on, uh, everything is on the line for this game for this year. You know, if, if they can go out and prove themselves against Boise State, who is, you know, a, a, a much better opponent than what we've been facing, then I think it'll be a great thing for BYU. And there's a lot of pressure riding up on this game. Yeah, Jordan, it's like a two-edged sword. On the one hand, BYU has had the advantage of being better than every team it's played. And obviously the results have indicated that. And uh, they've had time to develop as a team and get them their legs under them and, 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 uh, and impress people nationally. But now it all comes down to one moment in time. And maybe that's true for a lot of teams. But for BYU in particular, it's now or never because maybe San Diego State will fit into the same category by the time they play. But it just seems like this one, all the validation or all the naysayers out there will will uh, be justified one way or the other. Yeah, no, you're definitely right. And it's it kind of it still kind of sucks because Boise State's only played two games. So I, I feel like, you know, BYU definitely has the advantage of having seven games under their belt. They've been playing for, you know, a couple months now. And so it's, you know, it's really difficult to go. It's really difficult for Boise State to come in um, only having been in their third game and play against a team that's been playing for, you know, several months and that's like, you know, as hot as BYU is right now. But, you know, at at the end of the day, it, it is definitely going to be the best competition that we've faced. And, you know, BYU can only uh, focus on what they can control and that's going out and getting a win against a good opponent and, you know, there, there is a lot of validation on this game. If they, you know, it's one of those, it's one of those things. It's like, if you, if you lose, then everybody is like, yeah, we told you you're playing crappy competition. And then if you win, it's like, well, Boise State's only played two games. And, and so, you know, it's kind of a lose, lose situation for BYU, I think. And so the only way to really win this battle and, and validate themselves is to come out and, and dominate Boise State. Like they've been dominating these other teams throughout the, you know, throughout the entire year. 
Regardless who plays quarterback for, for Boise, uh, it's going to be a good one who, who can make some throws. Are you concerned at all about uh, BYU secondary? Yeah, I'm actually excited to see our defense and especially our secondary go against um, not only a good quarterback. I think we've played against some decent – I thought that Houston quarterback was awesome. Uh, you know, but I'm, I'm more excited to see them not only go up against a, a good quarterback, but also going to have some, some talented receivers, a much more, you know, a much better offensive line and, and, and you know, just going against more talent in general across the board from, you know, whether that's the running game, but more specifically, a, a you know, good quarterback that can throw. And then, all, you know, Boise State always has decent weapons and good weapons. So, I'm curious to see how our DBs are going to match up against a a good opponent. So I'm actually really excited to watch this game. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a huge statement game for our defense to see where they're really at because we've just been, you know, offensively we've we've looked phenomenal, but defensively it's kind of unknown right now. Are we a good defense or are we not? I want to say that we we are. We've looked awesome, but uh, it'll be – It'll be good to see them go up against a, a, a team that's historically put up a lot of points and has been a program that has had a you know phenomenal offense for many many years. So speaking of that defense, uh, I know from our conversations in the past, Jordan. I figure I know how you're going to answer this question. <laughs> but Jake and I have talked a lot about you know the three up front, the eight out back. Uh, how should BYU? Uh, try to cover everybody, or should they try and pressure the quarterback uh, in this particular game? Which uh, which do you favor? Yeah, I I think they need to mix it up. Um, you know, I I really think they need to mix it up. I I feel like defense defenses that are scared that are that don't trust their DBs to be able to cover are going to bring three man pressures, and they're they're going to leave everybody back. So usually when a defense does that, it tells you something. It tells you that they don't trust their defensive backs to be able to match up one-to-one on certain receivers. And, and so we're going to see how, you know, the BYU coaches feel about their, their players and their personnel. Uh, and we're, we're going to find out this weekend if they're willing to bring pressure. I think they've got to bring pressure. Uh, you know, it, even, even if you're sitting back in coverage, it's still really hard when the quarterback has that much time to sit and go through all of his progressions. And so, you know, I, I hope to see BYU mix it up a lot this weekend. And I, I want to see them, yeah, do some three-man fronts and, and, and play coverage. But, you know, they should be giving them different looks and they should be bringing some five-man, even some six-man pressure sometimes and switching things up and making that quarterback have to think and, and have to react very fast and, uh, you know, if we can do that and, and, and create some turnovers, I think we have a really good chance to win this game. But it'll be interesting to see what our strategy is coming into this game. Jordan Pendleton is with us, uh, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, Gordon and I were talking about this the other day, Jordan. Um, the Boise State has been has been really good, obviously, for, for a long time now. And they've done it through multiple head coaches. You know, go back four or five coaches. Um, and even some of those coaches have gone other places and not really had success. I lost somebody like Dan Hawkins, who was just dreadful in Colorado. What have they figured out in Boise to not only build this program, but maintain it at the level that they have? Yeah, that, that's a phenomenal question. I, I think, you know, Boise is a. I, I've been to a, I've been to a game. I have not played in the game there, but I've 
I've been to a couple games there, and, and you know, the culture is phenomenal there. The fan base is, is awesome. They really, really care about their football team. Uh, I, I was really impressed with how awesome their fan base was and they've just they've developed a winning culture, and I think they've done a really good job through transitions of different coaches of being able to sustain that. You know, we've we've seen coaches leave sometimes, and programs kind of, you know, go downhill. And and I don't know what it is that they're doing over there, but they've they've done a really good job keeping it together and and you know transitioning with new coaches and still having a successful program. So you could look at. Um, you know, they, maybe they do a good job recruiting and bringing in good kids. Um, you know, I, I don't know what it is, but I know they have an awesome fan base. Uh, you know, the, that city, they, they really love their, their Boise State football team, and it's, it's a pretty fun atmosphere uh, to be involved with if you've Jordan. ever gone to a game there. It's very fun. Oh, sorry. Uh, what do you make of the complaint that some people have about the blue uniforms against the blue turf? Do you think that's a, a load of hooey that anybody would worry about such a thing, or yeah. <laughs> or what do you make of it? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think it's a problem. I mean, w- once you're out there on the field, uh, it, it doesn't really make a difference. You, you, you know who the opposing team is and what color of uniforms they're wearing, and it's not like it's not like they're wearing camouflage and. You know, you can't see them or anything because the the field is blue. So I think it's I think it's an excuse, and, and you know I don't really see an issue with it. It is kind of trippy to watch the games on TV, but after being there in person, it's 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 a little bit different than what you what you think on TV. And so um, you know I don't I don't see an issue with it. And once you're up close in person and you're lined up against the person next to you, it really has no effect on your ability to make plays. Jordan Pendleton is with us here on 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. Um, Boise is going to have the best secondary, or at least in my opinion, that uh, that BYU will have faced thus far this year. And actually, maybe that's not a huge jump. But uh, Zach Wilson and and the weapons on the outside, uh, you talk about what they need to do going up against a really good secondary. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm excited to see if our receivers can, one, just get open like they have in the previous games. You know, they're, they're going to go up against a lot more talented defensive, you know, defensive backs. But not only that, I think, you know, Boise State has always had one or two guys on the D-line that are, are really good pass rushers. And they, they seem to have some guys that year in and year out that get after the quarterback as well. So I'm, I'm really anxious to see everything. I'm anxious to see if our offensive line can give Zach Wilson some time in the pocket to be able to go through his progressions. And then um, I'm curious to see how our, our receivers that have been performing at a really high level so far, uh, can they create separation against some faster DBs, some more athletic DBs? And is the timing between Zach and his receivers going to you know look and feel the way that it, that it has the past seven games? And so there's a lot of stuff. Uh, this weekend that will will be exciting to see. I think a lot of people are are anxious to see. All right, it, Zach Wilson with how phenomenal he's playing and with the second QBR in the country right now. All right, can he do that against a team with more athletic, uh, you know, defensive backs and and a good pass rush that you know could potentially be getting after him all game. So uh, it, it'll be fun to see. I, I'm just excited to finally watch us go up against a you know a, a matched opponent so you go all those skill players running around both when BYU has the ball and when Boise has the ball but I I, I believe 
that the Cougars need to go up there and punch this team in the mouth. Uh, along that offensive front that you're talking about and along the defensive line, be physical. Be as physical as possible. Am I just up in the night, or is there some validity to what I'm saying there? No, there, there's a ton of validity to that. I think if, you know, the, you know, just based off personal experience, our main goal – and I didn't play offense in college, but, you know, I'm, I'm around the offense and I'm around what our team strategy is. Anytime you can go and you can establish the run game, all right, on offense, it, it's just it, – it's a huge factor that goes into the game because you're, you're, you're going to allow Zach to be able to, you know, have a lot more opportunity in the passing game. If, if we turn into a one-dimensional team where he's we're relying on Zach to throw the ball 50 times a game – then it, it presents some problems, and so we've we've got to be able to establish the run game, and and I'm a huge believer in that. And on the reverse side, as a defender, you've got to be able to stop the run, and and if you can't stop the run, then it presents a lot of problems. And so, you know, I, I think it goes it goes both ways. We've we've got to be we've got to be the more physical team up front, and if we can, you know, be running the ball like we have, I think we're almost averaging or at least we were, close to 200 yards rushing a game. If we can go and run the ball like that, then it's going to open up our offense a lot more, and we're going to have a ton of options to be able to work with you know, against a lot, a, a lot better opponent. So is that offensive line good enough to do that? Uh, we're going to find out. <laughs> they've looked good so far. But, again, I don't think they've gone against uh, a defensive line or, or linebackers, for that matter, that are – you know, and I'm not saying we've gone against just completely terrible players and competition, but there's something to be said about a team that has been successful for, you know, 10-plus years. Um, you know, they're a lot more well-rounded team, and they're a lot more experienced. They've been in big situations. They've played it. They've played in, you know, um, big-time bowl games. And, uh, you know, I, I, there's just something to be said about that. And so I'm not saying we haven't gone against any good competition. It's just I feel like Boise State is a much more well-rounded team, um, more assignment sound, um, detail-oriented than any other team that we've that we've faced. And so that that's going to be the challenge that you know we're going to have to hopefully overcome as as we face a better opponent. Jordan, I want to ask you a big picture program question, and and it, it seems to me uh, that this is Kalani's best team, and that through his young head coaching career, he's figured some things out. And you're you're from the Bronco era, and Bronco did some things differently, which we've talked to you about before. But I want to ask you this: What is Kalani doing right? Well, I think I think one good thing that Kalani did was he made some he made some changes um, within the coaching staff, and I think. Uh, yeah, you know, I, nothing against anybody that was there before. I just think, you, you know, to make those decisions is tough. And when, when you're the boss and, and you're the man on the job, sometimes you've got to make those decisions. And I, I thought that he brought in, you know, a really good offensive coordinator that now Zach has been able to have a couple years of experience under that offense. And so I think, you know, and, and, and two years, you know, two years ago they were freshmen. And so I think it's a combination of our guys maturing. We had a lot of freshmen that were starting a couple of years ago, especially on offense with our, within our skill guys that are now juniors. And I feel like they're, you know, they're more poised and they have a lot more experience. And I think Kalani's just done a really good job of making adjustments and, and being like, all right, 
you know, here's things that we're not doing really well. And what can we do to fix those things? And uh, I, I feel like Kalani is a very open-minded person. Um, he, he's not somebody that, you know, is I, I, even though he's a phenomenal coach and has a, a high football IQ, he's when I my interactions with him is it's never been oh I know it all and and you know I'm the boss and I I know what I'm doing and and whatever I say goes. Uh, he's a lot more open-minded, and I think he's allowed you know, other people to have a voice and, and help make certain adjustments. And, and, you know, and the players love him and the players will, you know, go, go all out for him and, and, and love being around that atmosphere and playing for him. So I think he's just done a good job. And I think he's kind of molded into it, it, You know, BYU is a very tough job to be a head coach. And so I think he's done a good job of just kind of molding down there and, and figuring things out. You know who else I think uh, has done a nice job and deserves credit, and he may not get as much as he should, but A-Rod, I, I think, has really helped that passing game down there, and he's helped open up that offense a little more. And uh, remember how conservative it used to be back in the uh, for a while there, and, and now I think they're utilizing every quadrant of the field and trying to threaten defenses, opposing defenses that on any play they could be attacked anywhere. And there's always room for, for like we were talking about, punching a defense in the mouth and, and showing them you can run the ball. But I think uh, A-Rod is pushing a lot of good buttons as far as that passing attack goes. I, I couldn't agree more with you, Gordon. I think I, I was just talking about this the other day. Do you remember when we played Utah? It was a couple years ago. It was at their place, and we were dominating them in the first half. And Zach Wilson was playing phenomenal. He was a freshman at the time, and he was he was playing good. And we were, you know, we, we were all gas, no breaks. And he threw that one pick six that that Utah returned for a touchdown. And you could just feel the momentum just shift drastically in Utah's favor. And I felt like in the second half, we started playing very conservative. We took the ball out of Zach's hands. We started, you know, we played not to lose instead of playing to win. And now fast forward to that Houston game when, when it looked like, all right, this is a game. We're in a tight situation. Uh, like you said, they, they, they left it open and they let, they let the playmakers make plays when it mattered and, and when it was needed most. And that is one thing I've noticed, and I think A-Rod has a, a huge, you know, I think he deserves a ton of credit for that. And so that, that's been one thing that I have enjoyed watching this year is we keep our, our foot on the gas and we don't start playing conservative and start playing not to lose. And that's one thing that we did a couple years ago. Well, I keep hearing people say, you know, giving credit to other people, outside people, out the program, uh, helping uh, Zach Wilson along. I, I don't know if you, Jake Jordan, I don't know if you knew this, but did you know that uh, Zach Wilson drove 10 hours each way to visit with John Beck uh, on on the weekends? Did you, did, yeah, Jake, did, yeah. you, did, you yeah. did you know that? I mean, I, have you heard that before? I know that's really breaking yeah, news. I, yep, yep, I have heard it. He did it even when he was in high school. And I will say this from firsthand experience, I, I try and get out of – you know, I try and go learn from as many people as I can. I actually went out to Huntington Beach and I, you know, shadowed John Beck and, you know, some of his coaches for a whole week. And 
Uh, I was blown away by what they're doing. I, I really was. Um, it, it was awesome to see. And so, you know, I, I keep in touch with John Beck every now and again. We talk every now and again. And I've sent some quarterbacks his way. And so I, I did know that. And, and Zach's been doing that since he was in high school. Um, it's, not, it's not a new thing. And, 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 you know, John Beck deserves a ton of credit because what, what they're doing out there is phenomenal. They, they stay pretty quiet about who they're working with and what they're doing. But um, the, what they're doing is pretty cutting edge as far as how they're approaching, you, you know, how they train quarterbacks. And so it's, it's very impressive. And I think, you know, Zach's dedication to, to go do that and put in the time to, to drive there just shows you know how dedicated he is to becoming a good quarterback and it's paid off it's it's paid off extremely well for him so far you know jordan i was kind of being sarcastic there and jake knows this because we 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 laugh about how it seems like every announcer brings up the john beck tutorship yeah and uh (laughs) and sometimes i think a rod gets left uh left on an uh, untalked about i guess yeah, no, no, for sure. And there's, you know, there's a huge difference of going and working on your mechanics and and stuff specifically to the quarterback position than being in a game and um, having certain play calls. I mean, at the end of the day, you you can have the best throwing mechanics and the best footwork in the world, but if if you're not gonna if you're not gonna call plays that are gonna get people open and put put your athletes in a position to succeed, then none of it really matters. And so. Uh, he does deserve a, a ton of credit, and I think a combination of of Zach putting in the extra work with having a you know a, a great coaching staff, it's been a good it's been a good thing. Jordan, as always, thank you very much, and should be a fun one tomorrow. Enjoy it. All right, guys. Okay, have a good one. See you, buddy. That's our friend Jordan Pendleton, and uh, you you heard him talk about guys. If there's a young athlete in your life you're looking to do some training, uh, Pendleton Performance is uh, Jordan what uh, what Jordan does. Interesting insight. Man, he was right on it today. He said a lot of good things. Uh, you know, he knows a little bit about something about football. He's, he's been around the block. That's uh, a time or two. All right, we want to remind you about our friends at Syringa Networks, home to complete business telecom and IT solutions backed by an industry-leading SLA. That guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communication for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. We'll have more coming up next. It is The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Utah's highest-rated, most-listened-to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O' Tires. Stop by your locally-owned Big O' Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Stop by your locally-owned Big O' Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O' Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hello, everybody. Howard Cosell. Coming up on Monday Night Football, it's a disaster in New Jersey. We've got the hapless Giants against the terrible Pats. Oh, that <laughs> was horribly random. <laughs> what a great impression. It just random out of the blue. An open mic right there. If you want to send us random open mics, go right ahead. We'll sure. play. Why not? 
Uh, what else do we got to do? Download our Zone Sports Network app. Go to the open mic feature. You can record up to uh, 15 seconds of audio and uh, fire it off to us. Anybody uh, who can do Jack Nicholson uh, going to the front of the line, I, I love those impersonations. I'm a sucker for impersonations anyway, as you know, Jake. I think they're funny. I think they're entertaining. I know you get tired of them sometimes. I do? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Are you saying you like uh, impersonations only of Jack Nicholson? Uh, No, I like impersonations of a lot of people. But uh, Jack, Jack Nicholson, for whatever reason, just cracks me up when people can do that well. In fact, if anybody can do that well... Just, or any other impersonation, uh, go ahead and do the open mic, and we'll play you immediately. Here's the deal, I, Sparky. <laughs> I good? Is that all right? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. If anybody's got any talent in that regard, please jump in. Or if you got a good joke, or if you got something that's entertaining, something that will, will add to you the show. You want me then... on that wall. You need <laughs> me on that wall. Get it? I did get it. It's Jack Nicholson. It is. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Your move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is just so, you know me, I like uh, impersonations of Don Rickles. Download uh, download our what app. What are you and, looking and, at, you hockey puck? Send them in. Uh, well, just the fact what? that someone remembers what Howard Cosell sounded like, I was impressed by that. Because some of our listeners have no clue what that guy was referring to. <laughs> Uh, Howard Cosell is still out there. I I would imagine most uh, of the sports community is still aware of him. Yeah. Well, ever since that one guy called our show and told us he didn't know who John Wayne was, I'm never so certain anymore. I'll tell you what I'm going to do, Pilgrim. (laughs) I can do quick draw McGraw, as you know, but that's uh, about the... You could. Yeah. Uh, it is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and, and 1280 The Zone. By the way, Jake, I want to pass along a message that I got today from somebody who's a regular listener to okay. the show. He said, he first of all, he said he really enjoys the show. It makes him laugh. But he said that you never uh, miss an opportunity to swing that Louisville slugger that we were talking about the other day straight for my nose. Me? You. That I never miss an opportunity to uh, to to jump in and take a shot. Yep, that's what he said. No, he come la- on. He, la- he laughed when he said it. Come on, you I were the said, one yeah, who just I said. To, I try to sneak curveballs past Jake all the time, and he's he hits it right on the button. I'm man. right there. I, I'm right there. Uh, but you're the one who just uh, randomly said I don't like impersonations. That's far from true, and feels like a little personal. Oh, I thought you didn't. Sorry. <laughs> It was just something, some from yeah, something that was ringing around in my head that made me think you, you uh, thought that way. Oh no, no! I, I thought I can, Frank. I can't Cal- imagine what that would be. But I yeah. thought Frank Caliendo's uh, TV show was hot garbage. That was mostly <laughs> impersonations, right? But but no, fire in a good, uh, fire in a good. Uh, let's see, Milton Berle impression, and we'll <laughs> we'll put it up on that there. That one would be hard. No, just anybody. If, if you can impersonate anybody. How do, how do they do it? Austin, explain that to our listeners. Please. The 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 open mic? Yeah. You get the Zone Sports Network app. <laughs> you click on the little menu on the left side. You click on the open mic feature, and you send it in via either email. 
Give us your best Marcel are you, Marceau wait, wait, are you Are you impersonating <laughs> the late, great Sean Connery there? Yes. Rest his soul. Yeah, Rest his soul. Old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Marcel Marceau. Get, a, get, those, get those impressions in. Uh, that's, that's tough. Our friend Ben Anderson uh, posed an interesting question on Twitter today, Gordon. Don't do this. Uh, what? You know, you know what Don't I'm Don't do at? this. Well, I know you're not going to like it, but uh, you can follow Ben at Ben's Hoops, and of course you can uh, read his work, kslsports.com. Uh, ben said this. He says, okay, let's do a little experiment. Pretend Gordon Hayward never played in Utah and had a clean slate with Jazz fans. Who would you be willing to put in a trade package to land Hayward? Daddy's always happy. Says, uh, again, our friend. Oh, Daddy's not happy right now. He ben wants out. Yeah, he, he does want out. Uh, we talked to David about this yesterday. David uh, seemed to imply that he would be a great fit for the Jazz if the, the slate were clean. And, and uh, I thought if we'd the talk price about, wasn't too high. I thought we'd talk about that uh, a little bit today. It seemed, seemed interesting because, of course, we're, we're talking the Jazz need a wing. They need somebody who can play defense. They need somebody who can knock down an outside shot. I mean, you know, Gordon Hayward checks some of those boxes. Would he want to come back here? Uh, I have no idea. He was pretty eager to get out, but then uh, a lot of water goes under the bridge, right? Maybe Just like the, with Darren Williams? Yeah, maybe the grass wasn't always greener, you know, that sort of thing. Well, I'm not sure. green, like Celtic green? Exactly. Yeah, he would fit here. Yeah, he would. I don't think there's any denying that. I don't know what percentage of him is left from what we saw in his prime with the Jazz because he had a difficult time indicating that in Boston, uh, in part thanks to the ankle and other other issues. But I, I think he I think he would help the Jazz. I really do. If if the price wasn't too much, man, that's something I would seriously consider. Well, I wouldn't at it. Speaking of price, at his current salary, uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't. That's not the price I, I was talking it. about. But yeah, you yeah, were talking about make, the trade. I know, I, right. but I'm saying at his current salary the, the, would be enough if I were Dennis Lindsay, Justin Zanuck, and the Jazz to to pass on it. Just because one, there's no guarantee that he's going to sign at a more affordable rate going forward, mm-hmm. and two, I don't know if he'd be worth going into luxury tax uh, for. And in fact, Gordon has picked maybe the the worst time to uh, be disgruntled with his team because a, a salary like that with no movement in the salary cap is going to be difficult to move? But maybe, I, I think when you hit that big deal and you make all that money, at some point, you know, the, the long-term effects of money, everybody likes money, I get that. He could have had but, so much more staying here, though. Yeah. No, I, I don't think, I, I'm talking about what his current salary is, which he's not going to opt out. How many years he does he might. have on that? He It'd only has dumb, one but, year. It's a player option then, for thirty-six okay. million, and then he's a free free agent. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that if Gordon said, uh, "Well, okay, it's going to be expensive for one year, but I'm going to stick around after that, and I'm going to give you a, a good bargain on me," I'm sure that the Jazz would be absolutely inclined to believe every word. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know about that. I think the likely, just because of his current salary, the likelihood of of uh, this ever happening is quite low. But you know, his skill set does fill some needs for the Jazz, or at least did 
I don't know if we're ever going to really see anything close to that player again. He hasn't really had the chance in Boston because he's, you know, the fifth, fifth, sixth option on the team. Yeah, and yeah. this is how this would go. He'd say, uh, he'd tell someone, I, I want to opt out of Boston. I want to be a free agent. Then he'd come on real quick and say, no, 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 that's fake news. Don't believe it. I, I, I haven't made my decision. And then only to say that that was the decision he made. <laughs> We've seen, are we all nuts? Are we all crazy? Have we taken a leave? Have we bumped our heads? This is not going to happen. There's not a chance that Gordon Hayward finds himself in a Utah Jazz uniform ever again or ever would want to. Right. He received death threats. The, the ugly side of this whole thing happened. It's never happening. This is talking into the wind, this topic. This, and I all due respect to Ben Anderson and everyone else that's writing about it and talking about it. It's a sexy click grab. It's nothing beyond it's, that. It's a, well, wait a second, Austin. I, I, I think the fact that he would fit so well with the Jazz is what draws people into it. Uh, that part of it is legitimate. Now, whether there's but the ever, money is uh, there, uh, 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 it makes it impossible. He, he, right. His skill set is fits, yes, but his money does not. And he's not opting out. Therefore, you'd have to trade for him. And who are you going to trade? The only money that matches is who? Mike Conley. Boston doesn't want Mike Conley. So this and then the history of everything between the Jazz and and, and Big Haircut, it's not happening. Well, let me let me let me phrase it this way, because there's a variety of reasons I agree with you, Austin, that it's not going to happen. But let's say that uh, personalities, let's put that aside, and let's say it was possible. Would the Jazz front office be discouraged from doing it because of fan reaction? Oh, uh, fans are pretty forgiving if uh, if a guy helps them win, right? And it there's be, a new it owner. Would be, it would be difficult at first, but uh, I, I think people would come around. See, I, I tend to agree with you, Gordon. I think it would be a tough sell at first, and people would be grumpy, but they'd get over it. I'm, I'd be yeah. more worried about his ankle. Yes, yes. Well, that's why I'm saying all that stuff aside, like fan reaction. It's fascinating to me, like, what would the front office uh, put the kibosh on because, oh, man, the fans are going to revolt, if anything. That's I guess that's why I put that out there. Like, it it was like the the franchise considering hiring Jim Boylan a few years ago. Oh, well, that was, I mean. You know, would they would they think like, okay, well, we think he's a decent coach, but boy, the fans would have a would absolutely have a fit. No. I, I can't believe that they thought he'd be a, a decent No, coach. no, no, but uh, fine. His bad coaching aside, you understand the concept that I'm saying. Like, yeah. if they felt like he was the guy, if they felt like Gordon Hayward was the guy to put put the Jazz over the top, would they let fan grumpiness affect no. their decision-making process? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Here's my question to you guys. Since you've seen Gordon Hayward play after the injury, do you think his – his difficulty in Boston was because of that physical limitation, or was it was it something else? What, uh, what, what, why did he not look as good? And I understand he has uh, four players that are probably better than he is, that's or at least answer. three in front of him. But even when he had opportunities, it seems like every once in a while he'd rise up, but he, I just didn't look right. I think uh, Quinn Snyder drew up a heck of an offense to make him look good. 
with the Jazz as the as the featured guy because he wasn't necessarily his game didn't exactly fit as a featured guy, but I think they made it work. And then well, he goes he to Boston. Good. They go to he was good here. He was. That's what I'm saying. And I, I'm giving yeah. the coaching staff a lot of credit for putting him in a position to really succeed. I think they absolutely did that. that but that, he's that not a pri- of- but that's not a priority with Boston. Why would Brad Stevens drop an offense yeah. uh, to really feature Gordon Hayward when he's the fifth best player on the team? Well, why did they want him in the first place? Well, they didn't have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. They had just drafted Jason Tatum, I want to say. Yep, because it was summer league here with Donovan. Yeah, right. And Boy, I thought they already had Jalen Brown, didn't they? No, Jalen came yeah. the next year. Or oh, no, Jalen, okay. Jason Tatum was coming off his rookie campaign, right? Oh, I have to. No, no. The, the, the summer that Gordon left for Boston was the summer that Jason Tatum was, right. was drafted by the Celtics and Donovan Mitchell was drafted by the Jazz, and they had the showdown up at the Huntsman Center right. while this arena was under renovation. Right, but Jalen Brown was already with the Celtics. I, think I he believe was, he was, yes. Was he or was he the next year? I believe he no. was. I believe he had just finished his rookie year with the Celtics. Yeah, because I remember talking about his fit there, and I think that was something that we discussed. But anyway. Yes, Jalen's uh, in his fourth year, so he was just coming off his rookie campaign, but it was supposed to be Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward. Yep. And they were supposed to be the one-two punch, and they had these these young players that were going to come up underneath. And then, remember, Gordon got hurt, and those young players stepped into the void and played really well. Well, Jalen Brown already had played well. And, uh, uh, so, his rookie year uh, was not great. His, he averaged— It wasn't? No. He averaged 16—excuse uh, me, 6.6 points per game. He only played 17.2 minutes per game. Oh. Uh. I thought people were talking about him like he was had a bright future right from the beginning. Well, maybe he did, and but he didn't. didn't I mean, six point six points per game in yeah. seventeen point two minutes. Well, you know how it is. John John Stockton didn't play much his rookie year. You know, so I mean, but anyway, he wasn't uh, considered better than Gordon Hayward, right? Or okay. like he was going to be higher well, up the pecking order. That wasn't the case. Quinn, Quinn. However, however it happened, Gordon Hayward was really good when he played here. And, uh, yeah, Quinn deserves a lot of credit for utilizing what was necessary, along with uh, Johnny Bryant and others who helped uh, develop uh, Gordon along. But but uh, I just wonder if he could recapture anything along those lines uh, again, or if the ankle injury just messed him up or, or whether – because when I watched him play with the Celtics, it was just like, What's the matter? He was just floating around out there. I mean, he he wasn't the same player. And and I understand that opportunities were more limited, but there seemed to be something else going on there, too. We've got a good Austin's list coming up next. You're not going to want to miss it. What's going on at the top of the 4 o'clock hour? Josh Newman of the Trib to talk youths with us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Stay tuned. It's a big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. isn't much that makes Austin Horton angry. Wait, who are we kidding? Almost everything makes Austin upset. This is Austin's airing of grievances. The tradition begins with the airing of grievances. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Austin is back. That means it's time for another edition of Austin's List. Big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Austin, you are back. And uh, I don't know if this is where you're starting, but you do have a very Austin-like story to tell at some point. Uh, I'm starting, yeah. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll say this. 
Uh, I had a moment while I was out uh, that was not uh, amazing. I'd never want uh, to have it happen again. But just if you've got a pet at home, if you just love your dogs and your cats. Love your pets while you can. Just a little PSA for you. All right. Nice. I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, but where I am put, who I am putting on the list is pranksters. Pranksters. The lot of them. <laughs> Even the way. I've, I've never had a plot. A plot. I've never had a prank played on me that I laughed at. I've <laughs> never had a prank played on me that I thought, oh, that was good fun. I've never, never had a prank played on me where I went, can't wait for that to happen again. And I've never once played a prank where I didn't, it, at some, in some way, level, or degree, regret a part or all of it. Okay. Now, if you've been near Creekside Park in Bountiful, don't tell me. Because I'm going to assume that it was you until I find out who it was. But while I was out, we, uh, we have a dear family friend who's a professional photographer. We socially distanced, did family pictures. My wife, my daughter, and I, and her. And that was it. At the park. Okay. My daughter has not been to a playground since February. March, actually, not February, March. She has not been on a a swing, a slide, a merry-go-round, nothing. Because, and you can call me paranoid, whatever, I don't care. That's how we've decided to, to do things. Sure. We, Creekside Park is an amazing park. It's phenomenal. It has this old iron bridge. It's got this water channel system that the kids can play with when there's water running through. And the playground is, is, is uh, next to none. It's incredible. So as we're leaving the park, which, have you ever done pictures, family pictures with a two-year-old? It's hell. I've done it, yeah. Literal hell. I've been there. It's it's ridiculous. (laughs) Gave all this money to someone. I'm sure we have nothing that's in focus. But that's beside the point. As we're leaving, the daughter is just screaming to go down the slide. I said, okay, I'll put her on my lap. We'll go down the slide. We'll make it one time. Well, you got it. It yeah, hasn't been since there. March. She's seen it. Yeah, She's somewhat it. been a good sport. We're going to go down the slide. We did. We went down the slide. And we had a fun time going down the slide. She was all lit up and just as happy as an elf. We get off the slide, and immediately I know something has gone awry. <laughs> From the middle of my back... <laughs> Down to my ankle on my pants. I'm not exaggerating by any amount. It was a streak of, I'm hoping, dog feces. That somebody had placed in that slide. Some joker. That's not the word I want to use. Uh, Yeah, I gotcha. We'll go with joker. (laughs) That is such the Austin thing. (laughs) One trip down the slide. She hasn't been on a slide since March. We've gone down one slide, and I slid through excrement. Came out covered in dog poop. And right there in the park, what am I supposed to do? Can't then jump in my, my, my lease from Mark Miller Subaru very well, and it covered in dog feces. <laughs> Can't really remove the clothing, because then right? you'd get arrested, yeah. But you know what I did? What? I removed said clothing. Did you? Right there in the parking lot. <laughs> I said, damn to anybody who comes and talks to me about this right now. You don't want to be talking to me right now. You stay away. I don't think you should have used the word damn. I think there's another word that would have fit perfectly. There were a lot of words that I used. Would you you just throw the trousers in the trunk then? We had a garbage bag. Okay. And the shoe, it was on the shoes. Uh It was on the socks. (laughs) It was on my pants. It was on my shirt. I'm not exaggerating. Yes, from the middle of my back. (laughs) 
So if you've been to Creekside Park in the last, I'm going to say, three weeks just to be safe, it was, it was within an hour. It was fresh. You're on the list, all y'all. You've made the list, and you don't want to come near me. How hard was it not to curse? No, I it, no, I didn't even try to not. You cursed. It Lovely. was like it was like uh, Pulp Fiction, up in there. <laughs> I set records. I would have been really upset too, especially because I know you and you were probably waffling on the slide a little bit. You're oh. probably like, oh, is it really a good idea? Okay, let's go. Let's go. Right. Let's make my daughter happy. She's two. It's been a hard year on her. She hasn't been on a slide. Well, and now the rest of my life, gentlemen. The rest of my existence, anytime I'm about to go down a slide, I'm going to have to have that go through my mind and think, maybe I should have someone else go first. (laughs) Oh, just to clear the way? Yeah. Because something that I didn't know was possible is now possible. You got the poop poop slide treatment. Unbelievable. Uh, (laughs) That that doesn't happen to other people, Austin. It doesn't happen to people who go down slides every day. No, it doesn't. And I've been down one slide in the last seven years of my life. It came out covered in poop. Yep. So you've been to Creekside Park. You're on the list. All right. There you go. Austin's list. Every Tuesday and Thursday here on The Big Show. How does this stuff happen to you? It's not fun. How does this stuff? I mean, it had to be right uh, right before you got there, right? I mean, or else somebody else would have slid well, through it. And there's my wife has a different theory. There were, there were kids there with this big old dog, and they were running around playing on the playground, and they were pranking each other by hiding, and she thinks that that dog may have been a part of an earlier prank. I see. Because then when I went through the slide and yelled what I yelled, uh-huh. they all scattered. They all ran. And probably good for me that they did. Yeah, it's probably. <laughs> Thus, you're, you're here I'm producing here and, the show and, 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 not, and not in jail. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's good. But you couldn't see it before uh, before anybody went down the slide. No, it was a big just... twisty thing. It was a, it wasn't a clear shot. It wasn't like your metal. <laughs> no, it was like the tube slide. Right? Yeah, the, right. The, yeah. My my daughter it twisted call, around. My yeah. daughter. So you're talking the about the slide, slide not yeah. the uh, not the feces. Oh, what do you mean? You said it was a big twisty thing. Oh, Don't make me put you on the list. Mm. All right, coming up next, we're going to get to what's. Going on, we'll check in with the other shows on the Zone Sports Network. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 of the Zone.